0: These pearls are in every one of us. And that's what we've been able to elucidate these wonderful golden pearls that everybody needs.
1: Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
2: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well being, energy, and resilience.
1: And today, just interviewing Dr. Alan Leiker. Dr. Alan Leiker has been acknowledged as one of the leading cosmetic dermatologists globally for three decades. A pioneer in cosmetic surgery, he helped develop laser-assisted tumescent liposuction, an advanced body sculpture technique, and most micrographic surgery, an advanced means of removing skin cancer with 99% success. He has lived and practised in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, since 1989. He's written 17 books, 30-plus academic papers, and has hosted the number one internet radio show in the world on cosmetic surgery, Inside Cosmetic Surgery Today. He is a co-founder of Doctors for the Practice of Safe and Ethical Aesthetic Medicine and founder of the Canadian Skin Cancer Association, He has won the prestigious Consumer's Choice Award for cosmetic surgery for 16 consecutive years. In 2003, Dr. Laika's life changed drastically when he suddenly developed a right foot drop and then misdiagnosed as ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Still, he maintained his status as a leading cosmetic doctor. Because of what he learned, he has co-authored the book The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life with Harriet Tinker. A former fashion model and woman of distinction, he has also co-authored two more books, one with Corey Poirier, entitled "Blue Talks Presents: Business, Life, and the Universe," and one with Jack Canfield, entitled "Pillars of Success." Acknowledged as a leading expert in living a fantastic life and turning points, he is a transformational speaker, thought leader, life-changing coach, and mentor. Dr. Leiker is happily married to Dr. Lucy Bernier Leiker for 39 years and they have four lovely daughters and seven beautiful grandchildren. He counts his family as his most important accomplishment. Back to the studio. Today I'm
2: interviewing Dr. Alan Leiker. Welcome. Pleased to have you with me.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I love to be on your show and thanks for getting me across the pond. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Lovely. So start by telling us who you are, what you do, and
0: crucially, where you do it. Okay, I, I, I'm fairly well known in my neck of the woods. I was one of the leading cosmetic doctors in the world for over four decades. I was doing a lot of fancy stuff, like uh, doing liposuction, Botox fillers. I, f- I was the pioneer in most of the things that you see going on in this day and age. So I was very well known, and it was a very exciting life. Now, all that came to a change when I was walking in Disneyland with my dear wife in 2003, and my wife turned to me and said, what's wrong with you, hun?" And yet for once in my life, I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. <laughs> I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. So I turned to her and said, what do you mean? She said, listen to your foot. Well, that was the stupidest statement I had ever heard. And I let her know that. Well, she said, listen to your foot anyhow. And my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a foot drop. And it wasn't going away. With every step I was taking, it was slapping on the pavement. So what did I do? Uh, I said, dear, I really don't know what's wrong. Well, she said to me at that point in time, and she really meant it. She said, dear, when we get back, you better get this checked out. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what happens when your wife tells you in that tone of voice what you're going to do, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I use that tone myself. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, especially with a teenager child, you would be saying it all the time. And ad- us adult males often act like teenage child. So you have <laughs> two of them. Well, when I got back, I saw hundreds of doctors, probably thousands. I had brain scans. I had cat scans. I had scan scans. And you know what they showed at the end of the day? Nope. They showed absolutely nothing. And you know what happens when doctors find absolutely nothing? They do more tests and they do more tests and they do more tests. I had a gazillion dollars worth of tests. And I'm sure some tests that weren't even invented yet. So I, when I finished all these tests, all these doctors said, well, we're befuddled. We're perplexed. But we're not beaten. So we are going to send you to a neurologist. Do you know who a neurologist is? Presumably to do with your nerves connecting to your brain or something like that. Yeah, he's the brain (laughs) doctor. He's the guy that has all the knowledge in the world. He's the guy that figures out all the complex puzzles and he knows it all at his fingertips. So he's like the wizard of Oz in medicine. So when you walk in, he has all the answers for you. So I walked in and I said, hi. He said, hi, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. You know, that's not a good start for a conversation. And I said, why? I've got a dropped right foot. And he said, no, you don't. You have ALS. You have Lou Gehrig's disease. Get your affairs in order. You're going to be dead in six months. Wow. What a ton of bricks he hit me with. Mm. So I shot back. Is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, an autopsy. Okay. Okay. So I shot back. I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. So I left the room, slamming the door after me, kicking the door. And, you know, when you go through this sort of thing, you go through a very, very difficult phase. You go through the phases of death and dying that an author wrote by the name of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Yeah. You might have heard of her. She was a very well-known psychologist who studied death. And she came up with this wonderful book that delineated the stages that you actually go through. And the first stage is anger, where everybody is anger at everybody else. You could literally bite the head off nails. Somebody says, good morning, and you say, growl, you snarl. You know, that's what people do when they're going through a reaction like this. Why humans are wired to do what's called the flight, fright, fight reaction. So -hmm. that when anything's attacking us, we attack back in kind. But the problem is anger is associated with that as well. So it's a very brute, basic thing that we, we come up with and we stick to. Now, is that good? No, but it's a phase we go through then you go through denial. Denial is another difficult phase. And in denial, we uh, deny that the disease exists. And you know, that's what's going on in the world right now as people are denying that COVID exists. There are these COVID people that think it doesn't exist, they won't wear masks, they won't follow protocols. And so our whole world is changing and We're getting into more difficulties as a result. Uh, Well, my denial lasted for months, and I kept saying, no, there's nothing wrong. I can do anything. I can do everything that I wanted. And my problem was I still had a dropped right foot, so I knew I was lying to myself. And then you go through a phase called bargaining. Bargaining goes like this. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I will do anything if you don't let this happen. You know what I'm talking about. It's a phase that people go through. But the worst phase in the world is when you go through the the depression phase. De- depression is nasty because in that phase, that phase, everything is black. You're immobilized and you can't do anything. You literally cannot function the world is so dark you stand up at the ceiling and you just can't do anything in a regular event but again this is the defense reaction that our body goes through and we literally do that every day and it's tough have you ever been depressed um
2: slightly through through illness um a long time ago
0: Yeah. And it's a tough phase, but you got to battle through it. You know, you you can't let it take over your life because when you're on that phase, it just means the world doesn't go very well. And, and, and you know that you can get through this. And when you do, it's a better place that way. So we were able to get through that. Uh, And I went to my wife then and and I asked her, dear, what do I have? She said, here, I haven't got the faintest idea. You've seen every doctor in the world. But she said, You're smart. You can figure it out. And mm-hmm. my heart of hearts, I don't think you have ALS. I don't think you have Lou Gehrig's disease. But that's my female intuition talking, nothing else. I think we have, you have something else. Well, that gave me a little bit of encouragement and gave me some enthusiasm. And I was able to then say, hmm, what can I do? And you know, back in 2003, there was this little thing that was invented called the internet. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of that thing, (laughs) Joe?
2: Well, we wouldn't be speaking but for it, so yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's something we've become to rely on very heavily in 2021. It's one of the tools we use to have on a daily basis i mean i think zoom is a four-letter word for some of us but Mm -hmm. it's an essential four-letter word we use every day because without it we couldn't communicate across the pond here Mm -hmm. so i had some friends that were nerds because uh, the internet was very primitive back there joe you had to use dial on connections That's when your phone would attach to another phone and it would go -ah, 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 -ah," for something like 15 minutes. And if you finally connected, you connected with another server and you were able to do some things. But you couldn't do computing like we do now. You had to use a language called DOS or some other weird language to communicate because our computers didn't have enough memory back then. We were stuck with a 64-bit system, and so we literally could not communicate very well. But my friends were nerds, and they were magicians, and they were able to find things that I could not find. And they found a wonderful doctor by the name of David Martz in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And David, lo and behold, had a story very similar to mine, but he got worse much more rapidly than I did and he was on his deathbed when a doctor from texas came up to see david see david was a very well-known doctor he was the head of many societies and so doctors were coming up to say goodbye to david he lived in a little town called colorado springs colorado but it's very central and people would come to him and this doctor from texas looked at david and said david there's something wrong with this picture I don't think you have chronic Lyme's disease. I don't think you have Lou Gehrig's disease. He said, what do I have? He could only whisper at that time. He was so weak. He couldn't raise his head from the pillow. The doctor says, I think you have something called chronic Lyme's disease. That's the bite of a tick. And to make matters short, it mimics all these other diseases, including ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease. So it's a fooler. And if I'm right, I can make you better. David said, well, what do I have to lose? I'm dying. So he started him on treatment. And like Lazarus, he arose from the dead. Within two weeks, he was doing everything else he could do. Well, David then looked around and he, people started calling him. And there were many people with this strange disease. So we started the Rocky Mountain Chronic Disease Clinic to treat it. And uh, I knew I had to talk to David, but it was very difficult. He was still all the way in Colorado Springs. There was no phone numbers for him. He wasn't listing his presence. So I phoned every hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I got in touch with him at the Methodist Hospital. And we talked for hours. And David said, can you come down? I said, maybe. He said, what about right now? I said, David, I can't. It's our Thanksgiving weekend. And my wife's over having over 50 people to come over. She'll kill me. Mm -hmm. He said, aren't there any planes in Canada? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He wasn't going to let me off the hook that easily. So I I said, okay, David, I'll see if there's one or two planes left. So I went to my wife. I apologize. I say, dear, I'm going to go away for the weekend. She said, where are you going this time? Well, as a cosmetic surgeon, I was away a lot of weekends and learning new things and teaching and so on. I said, dear, I think there's a doctor in Colorado Springs that has an answer to my problem. My wife said, oh, my God, I will pack your bag for you. I will drive you to the airport. Don't worry. I can take care of 50 people. I've done it many times. So I was on my way to Denver on a beautiful flight. And then I got on a plane from Denver to Colorado Springs late in the day. It was a puddle jumper. It had about five seats in it. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been on a five seat puddle jumper, Joe?
2: Perhaps perhaps not one quite so small, but my first plane was a very small plane. So uh, almost.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, this plane was the plane from hell. It would climb a hundred feet and it would drop a hundred feet. It would climb another 200 feet and it would drop another 200 feet. You see the air comes off the desert at that time of the day and it creates eddies, which the professionals called turbulence. And I was going up and down like the drop of doom on Disneyland 15 times. And when I got off that plane, I crawled off and I was green. David miraculously was on the tarmac to meet me. He drove his truck right on the tarmac. He was a well known doctor. He, was a, he had a guest coming. And back then, the prohibitions of 9 11 had not yet hit. So, no problem. He looked at me and he said, You don't look so good. And I said, David, I don't feel so good. He said, Well, this is probably a metaphor for all you've been going through in your last couple of lives. And I said, David, you're right. So we talked for hours. And David said some magic words. He said, I think history is repeating itself. And I think I can make you better. And I said, what do I have to lose, David? I'm dying. <laughs> yes. History was repeating itself.
2: Yes. So,
0: so what happened next is when you go through this, you wonder what you can do. And I resumed my cosmetic surgery career. And I was able to maintain being a top cosmetic surgeon for over 30 years. Now, my disease progressed a bit. My right arm was affected. I'm right-handed, but I wasn't able to do everything with my right hand. But, you know, a cosmetic surgeon such myself is ambidextrous, so I was using my left hand. And I think I became the greatest left-hand surgeon ever in the world because I could do things with my left hand that I could never do with my right hand. <laughs> But then the history kept on getting better because because when you go through this, you either become hard and bitter or you become a person that wants to give back. And I started to give back. And what I started to give back was I decided to help society more. And I partnered with the YWCA and I did a, 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 a presentation called the Women of Distinction Award. It was a grand gala where thousands of women would come together, and we'd honor them in our society, because women do not get the kudos that they they deserve. So during that event, a young lady applied for an award called the Turning Points Award. She's the co-author of my book. Her name is Harriet Tinka, and she had a pathway, a journey similar to mine, but far different. She was a World class neural age. A world class model in New York City. She ran the one way. She was on pages of every major, major magazine, but she was burnt out. So she decided to pursue her second love, which was accounting. So she went to the University of Calgary and started a degree there. She knew no one but a young handsome man, who turned out to be a demon. Uh, looked, uh, clung on to her. And he ended up kidnapping her, stabbing her and leaving her for dead. Now, Harriet uh, was brought to the hospital. She went through rehab because her leg was so badly damaged where she was stabbed and she couldn't walk. Now, during rehab, Harriet met a little angel. Her name was Amber, who told Harriet, you must tell others your story and let others grow from that. So Harriet sought me out at the Women of Distinction Award. And she said, Dr. Leica, can I buy you lunch? Well, I'm always a good one for lunch. I like lunch. <laughs> she knew a way into my world. You gotta always be careful when a young lady invites you to lunch. Well, we shared our stories and she said, Dr. Leica, we must write a book. And I said, Sure. So our book was written in a very unique way. It was written at coffee shops. It was written at luncheons. It was written everywhere we could. And that's why our story is written in 13 chapters where there's a dialogue between Harriet and I. The reader becomes a fly on the wall when we were talking, and they literally get that. Now, we also went to Jack Canfield. You might have heard of him. He's written Chicken Soup for the Soul, Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I actually hosted him at a conference only a few months ago. So yes, well,
0: Jack is a dear friend of mine. And he said, you know, what's going to make your book really good. He said, start your book with a story. Everybody needs stories. So each of our golden pearls are stories that are in it. Now we decided to concentrate on golden pearls, because Harriet got mad at me. I called them golden nuggets. And Harriet said, we can't call them golden nuggets. I said, why? She said, that sounds too much like McDonald's and fast food. Yeah. We've got to call them golden pearls. And I say, why golden pearls, Harriet? She says, you don't know what causes a golden pearl? And I said, no. She said, golden pearls actually exist. They exist in the South Pacific, in Indonesia and the South Pacific areas. A single solitary pearl costs upwards of $10,000. And I said, oh, my God. She said, well, what do you think I was? A model that used to wear those darn things. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what causes golden pearl? She says, a little bit of sand gets inside of the wall of a special oyster. And the oyster doesn't like it. So it traumatizes the oil, and the, the oyster. And the trauma produces this beautiful spectacle of nature that is just gorgeous. And she said, these pearls are in every one of us. And that's what we've been able to elucidate, these wonderful golden pearls that everybody needs. And when people find them inside themselves, they'll have a wonderful life. And that's, I said, yes, they will have a fantastic life. And she said, that's what we're going to write about. Mm -hmm. So for the next six years, we wrote our book. And at the end of it, we almost met with disaster. I was uh, getting into my car one day, and I had just got back from Boston speaking at Harvard University, and I was very tired. So I had put my briefcase behind my car with my computer in it, and the book was in my computer, and I got called by a phone call inside, so I went inside. And then when I went back to the car, I drove over my computer and I destroyed no. the manuscript. No. <laughs> so I phoned Harriet rather sheepishly and I said, Harriet, I've sent you some chapters of my book. Can you send them back to me? Because we'd work that way as well. And she sent me those chapters and I said, Harriet, uh, do you have this chapter? I said, yeah. She said, yes, I'll send it to you. And when I kept on doing, she said, Dr. Laika, what's up? Yeah. I said, she said, don't laugh at me, I said, I I destroyed our book. And the only part of the book that was missing was the part that I had rewritten from Boston to Edmonton when I came back. So we were able to regenerate 95% of it and get it back and back on steam. So we were able to complete it in the early parts of 2020. But a miracle happened in 2020. This book became a bestseller in 2020. And in the COVID pandemic, and believe it or not, Jack Canfield asked me to write uh, a a chapter in another book he was writing. So it became a best-selling book in the pandemic of 2020. And a third person by the name of Corey Poirier, who's a well-known author, came to me and said, can you write a book in my, a a chapter in my book? So I wrote three best-selling books in 2020. Wow.
2: (laughs) excellent that's a great uh, a great result given everything that was going on tell us a bit about those golden pearls and why they've been so important in the last year obviously it's been a um a very strange time for people and quite new um not something anyone expected and uh well
0: let me go through three of our wonderful golden pearls because they might come home and really help your people there lovely you know, let's go through attitude for a minute because attitude is one of the most important things we can go uh, think, You know, the only thing that's more stronger than a good attitude is a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. So I think a bad attitude has to be erased. I think every day you should uh, get up there in the world and choose the good attitude. As you know, today we had tremendous... Tr- computer problems we had to jump from one computer to another to another and thank goodness we had put an hour down for the show because we would be over time but the point is you have a choice to determine what attitude you have I've determined that don't sweat the small stuff it's all small stuff the world is all about small stuff It really is not a major deal. If you look at it as small stuff and look at it as small potatoes and look at the beauty and wonderful that surrounds us. And that's where you've got to get into the world of thankfulness and be very thankful for what you have. You know, I don't think anybody in their right mind would say that 2020 was a great experience. But I think they might, if they look in their heart of hearts, realize that it gave us a reset on our lives. You know, most of us live lives at breakneck speed. Most of us live lives where we're not attending to the major things. We don't pay attention to our families. We don't pay attention to our health. We don't pay attention to everything else. It's almighty dollar, it's getting things done. It's doing every day. Well, you know, our life gave us a chance to reposition that and relook at things. And I give us a chance to look at another one of our golden pearls, which are non-negotiables, things that are on our list every day, the things that we should have. And at the head of my list is my family. And the second head of my list is my health. So the two things are always there front and center. So if I have to choose between those things and reposition something in my day, those are the things that are going to matter. The other things are going to take seat.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: So even though I'm on the phone a lot, nine to 10 hours a day, I have a huge glass of water with me, so I keep drinking. I make sure I get my meals in. I schedule that in my schedule. I make sure I take my vitamins every day. I get that in my schedule. I try to get a walk in every day. Uh, I haven't been doing that readily because I'm in quarantine right now uh, because my wife has contracted COVID. Thank goodly, not badly, but it means I have to be the person in the house that does most of the work. And I must admit, I'm not a good house husband. That Mm -hmm. was never my forte in the 40 years I've been married to my dear wife. Mm -hmm. And so we're learning to adjust and it's not an easy adjustment.
2: And that in itself will be creating some gratitude um for when she's back on her feet again i'm sure
0: (laughs) well i tell you it's been amazing my wife's been a doctor all her life and yet she was able to keep me fed raise four beautiful daughters and seven beautiful grandchildren and do all the things that i could not do Mm -hmm. so the answer i worked 12 14 hours a day as a workaholic and to be a top cosmetic doctor you have to be a workaholic you have to do all those things but uh, we were able to do all those things and at the end of all of my cosmetic surgery career I had won the consumer's choice award for 16 consecutive years believe it or not Joe
2: Wow So having sort of left doing that and, and now you know writing the books and and sort of you're helping people you're still helping people but in a in a much different way to before what are your reflections on on that change for you well,
0: I, I think I've always done something called psychic surgery uh, there was a doctor many, many years ago by the name of Maxwell Marx that wrote a book yeah. called Psycho-Cybernetics.
2: Okay. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. I remember. Yes, I have that book. <laughs>
0: um, Mark Victor Hansen, the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, actually dubbed me as the recoming of Maxwell Marx because he said, you know, Dr. Laika, although you've helped people beautifully with all your wonderful tools and lasers, he said, I will venture to ask that tell you that you have helped people more on the psychological basis than on their physical basis on any given day.
1: Mm-hmm. And on
0: reflecting of things, that is absolutely true. I have helped people on that plate. So for me, this transition has not been major, has actually been minor. You know, I've realized this is what I've actually been doing. When I was a cosmetic doctor, on many occasions, a person would come to me with a request that they'd want, and I'd say no to them. I remember a young model who was convinced that she would be a great one-way model if she had a rib removed. And, and I looked at her and I said, are you sure that's what you want to do? And I said, and she said, yes, this will make me a runway model. So I said, would you mind if we talk with your parents here? And her father said, you should do whatever she wants. And I said, sir, with all due respect, I cannot. Getting your rib taken out will not make her a great one-way model. What she needs to concentrate is on our attitude and how she does everything. She must be grateful for everything she does. She must go through the steps and climb the ladder of being a model. She must be there for every photo shoot that's there on time. Every time she shows up for a photo shoot, she must thank the person that gives her the photo shoot and people will remember her. She became a top runway model, needless to say.
2: Yes, yeah, that's great advice.
0: Okay, another young lady came to me at Christmas one year and there was something not right with her and she was so convinced she had to have all this cosmetic surgeries done to do it right. And I realized that her real problem was psychological so I called her father in, who was accompanying her. I said, would you do anything to get her better? And he said, yes. And I said, then we must make her take her to a psychiatrist immediately because the psychiatrist is what she needs. Yeah. And he wrote me a glowing note several months later of how that was exactly what she needed. And he mm-hmm. was so grateful that I didn't do anything and charge her a bunch of money because yeah. that wasn't what she needed.
2: Yes, yeah. So you were talking about three um, golden pearls it was...
0: Um... Can we talk about one more? Do You yes, have two minutes okay, for okay. a story. It's my favorite story. And it's about enthusiasm. Fred was a carpenter. And after 40 years of working for the same company, he was tired. He had lost his enthusiasm. So what he did was go to his boss and throw his keys on the desk and said, Boss, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It's just not something I can do. The boss was mortified. He said, Fred... You're my best carpenter. What can I do without you? Fred mumbled and said, you know, you'll find another one. There's somebody like me out there. The boss demurred and said, can you do just one more thing for me? Only you can do it because you're a master carpenter. And he said, you know, boss, I'll do anything for you. This has been my favorite job in the world. If you need me to do something for you, I'll do it. He said, Okay. Fred, take your keys back and just build me one more house. I want this to be a special house and only you can do it because you're my master carpenter. Fred grumbled. Fred, do I have to, boss? He said, please, please. Fred said, of course, boss, I'll do it for you. But Fred's heart wasn't into it. He dragged his ass to work. He only worked two hours a day, whereas in the old days he worked 12 In the old days, he'd work with all the passion in his heart and and do it. But now he can barely wake up and go do the work. But at the end of it, a miracle happened. The house passed inspection. So he went back to his boss, threw the keys on the desk again, and said, boss, I'm out of here. I'm done. He said, wait, Fred. We're not going to get you off the hook that easily. He called everybody in the office together said, everyone, this is Fred's last day. Let's have a party. So they popped the champagne. They had the caviar. You know, the big, big party, the big send-off. And at the end of it, he said, everybody, this is Fred's last day. Fred has been my number one worker. I hope everybody in the company would work just like him. But, you know, Fred is very happy. I'm going to be very sad. But I'll get over it. But I have a special gift for Fred to make his last days very enjoyable. I'm giving him the keys to the last house he ever built. (laughs) May he live with it, with all the enthusiasm that he showed in building all those houses over the years. (laughs) Now, Joe, I tell you that story for a a reason. Every day has to be a Monday, not a, a bad day. It has to be a day that's full of enthusiasm. It's got to be a day where you take that enthusiasm and move that enthusiasm forward. Because there's a key statement that I'm going to tell you that you must take home with you. It's, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And I'm going to do a challenge to your audience. I want them to pay it forward. I want them to do something for their neighbor today in a COVID safe fashion but I want them to do it. I want them to make a a dozen of cookies or some Christmas cake and put it on your neighbor's doorstep and give it to them just as a present and even stay anonymous. Uh, Give them something that you not regularly do. If you go to a coffee store, pay for the person behind you for the coffee that they will have. I, I want you to do something to pay it forward, because paying it forward is going to be what makes the world a better place.
2: Absolutely. A lovely uh, sentiment and definitely some uh, some action that uh, listeners can take. So last couple of questions. Um, firstly, what do you do on those days where it all goes horribly wrong? And, and you know, you've ta- touched a bit on that because, you uh, something horrendous <laughs> happened to you a long time ago and your 13 golden pearls came from that but uh, on, a, on a usual day when it's all going a bit pear-shaped you know i, I think what it.
0: we've got to do is we've got to know that god gave us one of the greatest gifts in the world that gets us through any situation and it's called laughter mm-hmm. and laughter really carries us to the nth degree and let me tell you a little story about a laughter there were two hunters they were out in the woods And one hunter dropped down and he looked like he was dead. His buddy went to him and shook him and said, buddy, 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 wake up, wake up. He wasn't moving. He probably was dead. So he gets out his cell phone and phones 911. That's what we call it in North America. I'm not sure what you phone call.
2: 999 in the UK.
0: (laughs) Okay, so he, he phones 999 and he gets the operator on the phone and he's frantic. He said, operator, 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 I think my buddy's dead. The operator says, calm down, sir. This happens all the time. He said, can you do me a favor? He said, sure. He said, could you make sure he's dead? So he goes over to his buddy. He shakes his buddy. He said, buddy, are you awake? There's a loud cock of the rifle and a loud bang. He runs back to the operator and says, operator, I'm sure he's dead. What do I do now? (laughs) Now, Joe, that is reported to be the best joke in the world, okay? (laughs) A a doctor actually studied this, a British doctor, where he rated all jokes in the world, and people came up with that as the number one joke in the world. Now, that's either either the best joke in the world or the worst joke in the world. (laughs) But it reminds you that it's the stupid things in life that make us laugh. And that is what I'm talking about, the gift of laughter that we have. You know, I laugh at people when they slip on a banana peel because it's funny. But I know that person may get hurt. They could easily step around the banana peel. But they step on it, they fall. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, it's
0: those incongruencies that make us laugh.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. Yes, laughter definitely goes a long way. And the last question, those days where you get to live more, and that's what I define as days where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you?
0: You know, I'm an extremely busy person. I have a lot of projects going on. I have a dozen projects at any given time. So as I say this week, I've been shot out of a cannon into a hurricane by being chased by the devil. My days run into my nights and they just keep on going. But at the same time, I try to make a moment of calm and all that. I try to give myself breaks. And I try to appreciate the most important things in life. Now, sometimes that's hard. As I said, we're going through some conniptions in my wife as I'm redefining my roles and doing things and realizing I'm not a great cook. But fortunately, COVID has given us tools we didn't have before. There's door deliveries of almost everything you could possibly want. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have four wonderful daughters that step up to the plate and get us anything we want. Uh, You know, we just have to get through these things because we know there's a brighter day around the corner. And although we're going through hell right now with this increase in COVID and everything else, we know vaccine is going to help most of us. There's been over 3 million doses of COVID vaccine given around the world already. Mm. Uh, You know, we only had COVID on the scene for less than a year So we already are coming up with a solution for it. Now, I have no doubt it's going to take years to get back to normalcy. And yes, we'll have to wear masks and wash our hands for a long time. And yes, there will be ups and downs in this process moving forward. But I think I am so thankful for the science we have and the people we have that have put this all forward. And I'm so thankful for everything that we have. I'm thankful for being here to talk to you today. Every day I started with a gratitude list in which I put down the top three things that are on it. And I saw us on your show today. And I said that to the gremlins, gremlins, stay away from us. It's always charging when we're trying to get through things. We're challenging day when we can't get on, but guess what? We were able to monkey Jimmy that joke and we we're able to get on the show together and make it happen. So again, it was great. And It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens.
2: Yes. Yeah, I love that line. Thank you so much. It's been great interviewing you, Dr. Laka. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch.
0: First of all, I'd like to give everybody a gift. I'd like everybody to get a copy of my book in a PDF faction. And if they would like a paperback copy, they can get that as well. But uh, paperbacks cost a little bit to make, so I can't give that for free. But the PDF you could get at my website, Dr. Ellen, A-L-L-E-N, dot com. Go there. A pop-up box will occur. Put your name in it. You'll get the PDF of my book. I, I'm doing that for you. Please enjoy it. Please use the 13 golden pearls to do this. And follow me on social media because a lot of exciting things are happening. I'm going to be running seminars. I'm going to be running one near Valentine's Day, where you will get information on that and learn how to incorporate the 13 golden pearls in your life. I'll be running uh, what I call transformation seminars, where you'll be able to come and incorporate these in their life. You're all the way in London, and I haven't set up one of these yet there but then I'm going to be running transformation weekends when COVID settles down. Mm
1: -hmm. The first
0: few will be in Canada, North America, but there's no reason I can't come across the pond and make them there as well. So I might have to look up you, Joe, and you could tell me some of the wonderful places for you from you there, because we're going to have pure pampering for the weekend where people (laughs) will go to a height of luxury And I want everybody to take that because you deserve it after all this transform your life and have a new life after all this and get to a better status.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Leica. Thanks for your time today.
0: Thank you so much, Joe. I want you to have a fantastic day and remember it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens.
2: All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to, PowerToLiveMore.com forward slash, in this case, 207. You'll find them there. And this week, I want to talk to you about the topic of habits. It's now May, and the fundamental for this month that we're working on is sustain. And the topic for this week and also next week, as we had a bank holiday uh, this week uh, in the UK, so we didn't have our gold calm call. Uh, so for two weeks, the topic is Habit or habits and uh, we're talking about how you develop them why they're important what they can look like and so on one of the things that you've heard me talk about before if you've been a listener to the podcast for any length of time is the importance of creating tiny habits so small daily actions that you keep taking that over time build up and compound into something much bigger. And a book that I've recommended many times is The Slight Edge, which talks about that very concept. And the reason for them being small daily actions is because that just makes them easier to achieve. And I normally talk about 20 minutes, but you can choose whichever time frame that you're happy with. The reason I use 20 minutes is I think that even if you've not done that daily action and it's late at night and it's time to go to bed and you realize that you didn't remember to do that thing it's quite easy to still spend 20 minutes doing it uh, rather than not and so you know if you'd said that your daily action was going to be 45 minutes then maybe you've got a different opinion at that sort of uh, time if you've not got round to doing it but 20 minutes just sort of isn't that long and you know it's easy to just get on and do two get it out of the way and keep that streak that you've developed by doing that action every day. So think what is it that you want to achieve over a period of time and what does that break down into for a daily action and then work out how you're going to ensure that happens. So I use a to-do list and I put recurring tasks on there. You can also put a chart on the wall with ticks each day, check marks each day for the days that you've achieved that particular task. And hopefully that means a tick every day, or you might use an app. There's an app that we use within Power To Live More Calm membership called Habit Share. And that's where you can set your daily habits. You can say what it's going to be. And then if you want to, you can share it with other people and they can see you recording on a daily basis that you've taken that action, that you've done that task. If that's something that you find helpful in order to achieve these things. So what's that goal you want to achieve? What does that mean in terms of a small daily action? When are you going to do those small daily actions and how are you going to record them and make sure that they happen? If you're interested in getting some help, some accountability built into your uh, habit that you're going to take or daily action that you're going to take, then you might be interested in checking out calm and using the accountability that's built into the membership. And there's various different ways that we keep you accountable. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm, then you can find out more there. And if you use the code, please let me in, you can get the first month free. Again, the show notes for this week's show are at PowerToLiveMore.com forward slash 207. And we look forward to speaking to you next week.
1: Use your power to live more.